This is Brody King, and you're watching Pro Wrestling for Life. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Pro Wrestling for Life. I'm joined by my co-host, Nick Houseman, and Nick is about to tell you what's on the show today. Hi, Sean. Yes, welcome back to another episode of Pro Wrestling for Life, everybody. Another big one here for you today. Uh, first up, right after we talk to some of the news of the week here in just a second, you're going to get to hear Sean catch up with a friend of his, uh, a friend that I'm just now getting to meet as well, uh, Brody King from Ring of Honor in the house here. Uh, the leader, quote, of Violence Unlimited. I think they kind of move more as like a wolf pack. Uh, but he's going to be uh, teaming with uh, Tommy in this weekend at PWG. He just had the ROH World title match at Death Before Dishonor. And uh, we're just going to get to talk to Brody and learn more about him. I think it's a really good conversation, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone will enjoy it, I think. Good. Especially if you're a Brody King fan. Oh, yeah. And even if you're not a Brody King fan, you're going to get to hear Brody talk to Sean. You're going to become a Brody King fan. And then yep. later on uh, at the end of the show, we're going to welcome on everybody's favorite pro wrestling couple, Marty and Sarah of Marty and Sarah Love Pro Wrestling in the house here today i just saw these two in chicago at the AEW all outside pre all out party there was a proposal at the event uh there was like a thousand people outside to watch this thing and uh very excited to have them on the show here today and we have a little game we're gonna play with marty and sarah as well sean cool yeah absolutely all right well let's get to it here uh to get things going news you can use news will leave a bruise uh, we'll start with your latest exploit sean uh, GCW was back in the L.A. area this past weekend, presented highest in the room. Ron Funches, Tony Deppin, Minoru Suzuki versus Jonathan Gresham. And uh, you went to the show. What was your latest experience like at GCW? Uh, it, was, it was similar to the, fir to the first time, to, yeah. the, to the previous month. I think it was a month. <laughs> Seems like it was a month. Yeah. Anyways, I don't know why I'm focused on how long in between the shows were. But who we? One of them days. Um, it was it was nice, man. It's just a real nice atmosphere. Yeah. Um, yeah, just everyone's laid back and laid back, but, you know, focused on what's going on. And, and it's, it was just a nice, um, it was a nice vibe. Uh, um, Ron's a dear friend of mine. So uh, he asked me to be there. Uh, and, um, I was real proud of him. Real proud of Ron. Yeah. You know, yeah. Cause you know, it would be, I wasn't sure how he's going to do to be honest with you, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but when I heard he was, uh, training a little bit with Shane Thorne, I figured that, you know, he, he was probably going to do okay. Yeah. I thought, yeah. I thought for sure that like something was going to happen where the match like wouldn't happen. Like the fact he actually wrestled and went out there and was like hitting Canadian destroyers and things like that. I was not prepared to see Ron Funches actually in a singlet wrestling Tony Depp. And that caught me off guard. Yeah. It was just, it was a little longer than I expected it to be. Well, actually oh, quite a bit longer. <laughs> yeah. Ditto. Ditto. Yeah. It was cool though, man. Like I loved the spot at the end with Paul Shear uh, of the league fame. One of my favorite actors. Uh, I thought it was cool that he got involved and, like, cost Ron the match and everything. And, you know, when you look at, like, the way that you use Ron, the way they use David Arquette, you know, uh, you know, we're smart enough to get on that Jungle Boy train earlier. Like, GCW really does, and maybe it's just because they're in the L.A. area and there's more celebrities available, but they do a pretty good job of using celebrities as part of their product, I've noticed. 
Yeah, I mean, just that and just creative, you know, like fresh, uh, fresh feel to their to their matchmaking and just that, you know, how they put their shows together. Yeah, for you sure. Know, like, um, you know, honestly, like it would be a lot of things I wouldn't think of doing, you know, and I'm pretty, I mean, I'm getting old too. Like, I mean, it's not like I'm a fucking dinosaur, but like, you know, um, uh, you know, it's just, you got to have that fresh, those fresh minds, you know, like it's good to have us too, but like, man, those, those, those younger, like minds with fresh ideas, man, are so important, man, to keep wrestling moving, to keep it, you know, you know, forward progress. And, oh, yeah. uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, they're, they're great at that, you know? Um, so it's like, like you'll talk, you'll hear Brody King talk about PWG, and uh, like somebody just mentioned to me the other day that, um, you know, they see GCW as kind of uh, being like that in a way, except for they tour, you know, right. just have a different business model. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's not quite the same. Like, you know, um, you know, they, I think GCW would have some stuff on their shows that, that you would never see in PD, PWG, like death matches, shit like that. Yeah. I, I really feel GCW's like the heir apparent to ECW, you know, like there, there is, if you want that hardcore stuff, you want that craziness, like Nick Gage will come out there. He'll slice you six ways a Sunday with a pizza cutter. But like, you know, the variety, like, you know, a lot of people sleep on like ECW, like how much they leaned on cruiserweights, you know, guys that can actually Matt wrestle. And when you go to a, a, a GCW show, I feel like you get that mix. You could get that death match, but you're also going to get like a Minoru Suzuki versus uh, uh, Jonathan Gresham or a fun, like, out there just celebrity match like a Ron Funches versus Tony Depp and kind of yeah thing. and um Jacob Batu and Chris Dickinson they had a really good one and yeah. was, they did some cool shit at the end and uh you know they brought that big guy I think they call was they call him juicy or something. Oh yeah that okay. fucking guy's a monster right he looks like the big like Hawaiian punch dude but he's like yeah, yeah. uh it's gotta be fucking four hundred and fifty pounds or something just a gargantuan fucking so what- dude. So what's it do for you mentally when like you're getting you're getting closer here as we've talked about many times to kind of coming back and doing some matches like to, uh, being around this kind of energy right now do you do you feel it does it does it get you more excited does it get your brain working uh, when it comes to like you know what you're going to be doing here in the not too distant future yeah yeah because here's the thing man like um, just like anything else man if you're not using your brain for shit like coming up with stuff wrestling wise like it can get some cobwebs in there, man. And, you know, um, yeah. So just being around it and shit starts to come back and your mind starts working again. And, you know, the ideas start coming faster and like, you know, um, you know, ideas for, for matches and not, you know, shit like that. And just, yeah, it's just, you got to reimmerse yourself. There are there are there notable GCW wrestlers that are kind of like coming up to you like puppy eyed and a little awestruck, just excited to get to hang out with you and pick your brain. I would imagine there's there's a few of those. I don't know about that, like yeah, the fucking goo goo like shit like that, man. But people like they very respectful and you know people come up and you know ask for input or you know you know coming whatever you know they got trying to figure out what how best best way to do something you know in their yeah. match yeah um you know and you know a lot of times man um afterwards like they'll, they'll get back and they'll go um what like 
they'll ask me how it was. And I'm like, dude, you fucking heard the people, right? Like, like, try, like trust what you heard. You know, I mean, they, it worked, you know, yeah. like, and I'll tell you, like, you could have done this better or that, but like, you just came back from your match, man. You don't need me fucking shitting on, on your match that you just got a great reaction from. I could, we can talk about it later, yeah, exactly. you know? Yeah. Um, sure. so yeah, I mean, anyways, man, I could go on and on, but, okay. uh, uh, it's, it's nice to be around it. Okay. Well, lastly here, before we get into another news item and then we'll, we'll, we'll throw it to, to Brody King. Uh, the photo you shared of you and Minoru Suzuki, uh, finally getting to connect here. Uh, what was it like for you to get to meet Suzuki? And like, what do you think of the fact he's just going on this like North American excursion where he's he's doing tons of North American matches? I feel like all at once. Here. I don't know about tons, but he's here for a month, I guess. Okay, and he's I feel doing like stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not just doing everything that comes along, but sure. um, yeah. So we kind of come from the same roots a little bit. Like, uh, like I wouldn't compare myself to Suzuki, but like my um, my teacher was uh, Masami, one of them, like for that UWF, the submission style, of cat, like kind of catch wrestling. Um, uh, Masami Sorinaka, he was the guy that was, if you ever watch old UWF, like stuff from the late 80s, when it was really like hottest promotion in the world. Uh, Masami was the referee, but he used to wrestle too. And he was also Carl Gotch's son-in-law. He was married to Carl's daughter. Okay. And yeah, so um, you know, I shared that. I, he was, anyways. Minoru's uh, Suzuki's eyes lit up when he's, oh, Sammy, you know, um, yeah. And then we took a picture with our masks on. <laughs> and yeah, and then like, you know, you got your, of course, you got your dipshits chiming in on, on your replies. What are you wearing your fucking mask for, dude? Like, what the fuck's it to you? You know, yeah. like you think I'm gonna tell Suzuki to take his fucking mask off, and if Dude. he fucking got his on, I'm gonna leave mine on too. If you don't like it, fuck off. You got, you got, you got, you got the big thumbs up in this household. I go, Liz, look, it's a picture. I go, look, it's Sean and Suzuki because she loves Suzuki, and she goes, I'm just happy Sean's wearing a mask. You know? I would have taken it without it to be honest with you. We were outside, uh, but like, I'm not gonna like, you know, yeah, um, yeah, I'm not gonna be a. You can tell, hey, can you take a picture with me? Oh, yeah. Also, would you mind taking the mask off? Like, yeah. It's like anything else you want fucking from me? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Maybe, uh, maybe. Just, uh, I'm sorry. Could you take your mask off? Because I don't want somebody on Twitter think we look like pussies. <laughs> uh, I, feel like a, I feel like this is a not so subtle message to anybody who asked Sean for a photo in the near future. Don't bring up the mask. No, no. Yeah. It's, it's just, you know. It's okay. so always dipshits got to chime in. Just like, okay, if you think it's whatever. All right. Uh, moving away from the dipshits, uh, I wanted to ask you about, uh, we're, we're recording this uh, late on Tuesday, but tonight on AEW Dynamite, they're going to present Grand Slam. It's going to be at Arthur Ashe Stadium. I think it's going to be around fourteen to 15,000 people. And the main event is going to be Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson non-title match non-title match but still omega versus danielson what do you think about AEW putting this match out there on, on free tv right now i think this is a question a lot of people have good for them yeah yeah i've seen like oh, like so literally so y'all are gonna bitch about fucking 
Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega on free TV. They go out there and they fucking crush it. And then you want to see more. And then you fucking pay for the rematch for the title. Like it's fucking makes perfect sense to actual people that I can know what's up. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying, you're saying this is the appetizer, right? These two are yes. gonna, these yeah. two. Are, but okay. So like if, if they go out there and let's say they get, they get 40 minutes. Okay. To just absolutely burn Arthur Ashe stadium to the ground, turn it to literal Arthur ashes. Okay. Um, what if, you know, does that take away from the rematch? Cause you've already seen them wrestle. Like, what is your response to that? No, no, no. And do you think they're really going to go out there and give them a 40 minute match? Like they don't owe them that dude. Like, like to go out there and give them 15, 20 minutes of good shit. Real. I'm great. Not good shit. Cause they could do good shit in their fucking sleep. Right. But, yeah. But, yeah, man. Like they're not going to give them a fucking I just don't see this episode of Pro Wrestling for Life is brought to you by HelloFresh. HelloFresh's family-friendly menu is a big win for back-to-school season with easy, delicious recipes for drama-free dinners, Nick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the fall harvest is officially on with HelloFresh. Count on seasonal recipes like pumpkin cinnamon rolls and a Friendsgiving mm. side, right, as well as fresh, high-quality ingredients that travel from the farm to your front door in less than a week, dude. Pumpkin cinnamon rolls. Yeah, dude. I, yeah. I can't I can't do it right now, but man, that sounds good. Oh, that's right. Oh. We, all, we all saw how ripped you are right now. Yeah, I don't think those pumpkin cinnamon rolls, man. Those will be for me. You know, and the thing about this is like I love HelloFresh because I love to cook. I cook every night. I cook my lunch, I cook my dinner. And the nice thing about HelloFresh is I get to cook stuff that I wouldn't normally get to cook, you know recipes i wouldn't try styles i wouldn't try i don't cook a lot of asian food i don't make it probably enough mexican food but they're going to give you an eclectic kind of groupings of meals uh all of the produce comes very very fresh right on top uh, all the seasonings and then underneath it you're going to get this big freezer gel bags that keep your meat like perfectly cold and like you know this i was worried because the other day my hello fresh box came and i didn't get to pick it up till the next morning but I read online that the freezer gel keeps the meat good for 48 hours. And so I picked it up, even though if it had been sitting outside my door for a day, all that meat, all that produce was still great. And I cooked every single meal and it was delicious, Sean. Yeah. Yeah. I, my, the, the one, the one they sent me, like it said outside for, or not outside, set inside, but not in the fridge for a few days. And it was still fine. Totally fine. Totally mm-hmm. fine. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, go to hellofresh.com slash pro pro 14 use that code pro pro 14 you're going to get up to 14 free meals including shipping that's crazy sean yeah man yeah so yeah. Uh, once again as nick said go to hellofresh.com slash pro 14 and use code pro 14 for up to 14 free meals including free shipping Hey, everybody, uh, joining us right now. Guy I've been a fan of since I first ran into him here in L.A. at the uh, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. This is a while ago now. Man, time flies. Anyways, Brody King, everybody. Brody, hey, man. Um, it's, good to, it's good talking to you, man. Appreciate yeah. you taking a few minutes to share with us today, man. Of course, anytime for you. 
Yeah. So, um, hey, so I was just telling Nick before before you uh, jumped in the room. Um, you know, he was asking me like, I was like, the first time I ran into you, like I just said, championship wrestling from Hollywood, and like. Dude, I don't know. I have an eye for people. Like, and it was just you were you were like you really stood out to me, man. Like, I immediately like. Uh, I don't know yep. if you noticed. <laughs> what was it? What was it about Brody that stuck out to you there, Sean? I mean, just what sticks out to you? For uh, it was. I mean, he pretty much still. I mean, you like okay. If I gotta be honest, your body's a bit tighter these days. Uh, I try. I'm trying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, but regardless, I mean, everything was still, was there in just the early stages, man. And, um, I'm pretty good at, at picking talent and oh. I just, you stood out, man. And the, 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 one thing, man, is I jumped your shit about your, your trunks. <laughs> hey, but you were <laughs> right. You were I right. I kind of was. So, okay, Nick, the thing was Brody's like, okay, you know, people get trunks made, get gear made, and they want it to be colorful and just not be boring, right? But Brody's whole body is not <laughs> boring. Like he's got all the all the cool shit already on his body. So I'm like, and the, and so the trunks would just it looked seemed weird. I was like, dude, just go with black trunks or something. But anyways, um, so man, it's 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 great uh, to see from where you were then to where you are now, man. And I'm really happy for you, Brody. Thank Couldn't you. happen to a nicer person. I appreciate that, Sean. So to flip it here, Brody, I guess I'll go back. Like, so what are your earliest memories of meeting Sean? Like, what was it like for you yeah. break it, breaking in here and having somebody like Sean kind of take a shine to you like that? I mean, like, I remember fondly the, the moment that I met him because he he pulled me aside and he said, hey, man, you, you, got, you got some talent. You look really good but you got some ugly ass gear <laughs> and, and then, you know, like you know, your, your colors on your body, don't wear it on your trunks, which he was right. And since then I've pretty much only stuck with black gear, you know, with like gold or, you know, some other highlights, but it's mostly been black and he, he was absolutely correct. Um, but yeah, it was really cool having, you know, someone of your stature be there for in the first place. And then, you know, give me some like advice, especially at that time. I mean, I was probably wrestling less than a year at that point. So, you know, it, it was, it was really cool. And then, you know, there was a, a moment where we were both on a defy show in Seattle yeah. and then uh, afterwards I was like, I was shot. I think I had a, a show the night before I got a couple hours of sleep and then I went to Seattle and then we're like on the way back to the hotel and it's like midnight and I'm like about to doze off. And Sean goes, Hey bro, do you want to go get dinner? I'm like, Oh no, I had no idea, dude. You no, said something. This is like, you know, those moments that you wait for, I was like, yep, I'm going to go get dinner. I'm going to get an hour of sleep and then go to the airport. And, but, Paul, uh, and Paul Azenby was with us. Yeah, we were with Paul and, and we had dinner and you told me stories for probably, I don't know, two or three hours. And it was, yeah. It was awesome. so yeah, all my time with you has been uh, very awesome. And and so the, the restaurant that we went to was a famous restaurant. It's called Three Coins in the Fountain. Um I might have to name a little bit off, you know, because I think it's called 13 coins. 13. Maybe? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but like, I can't, I can't tell you the name of it, but it's famous. And we used to go there every time we were in Seattle. So, you know, man, like a little bit of nostalgia. It's a great restaurant, actually. It's, we're yeah, not here like, to talk about restaurants. <laughs> it's like a high restaurant that's over 24 hours. Like you can get yeah. like, take it four in the morning. So it's pretty yeah. cool. 
Yeah, it's incredible. The greatest like 24-hour restaurant I've ever been to. So yeah. And um, yeah, so but um yeah, uh that Defy show was fun. Um uh, uh but man, I haven't seen you really much. I don't think at all since then, man. And uh you've done a lot, man. ROH seems to be going great for you. Uh the new like I know you did a little like are you still doing anything with New Japan? Yeah, yeah. Uh I wasn't able to do the last uh, I wasn't. I was supposed to be on the show at the torch at the yeah. uh, uh, at the Olympic, yeah. but I had COVID, so that uh, nixed that. But I'll be on the uh, the Philly show, and then probably all the shows going forward with with New Japan Strong, and that's been really awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I could like when when I heard that you were um, getting connected with them, I, I was like, yeah, yeah. I that's and that's, that's great. Like it was a really good move for you, man. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, since like I started wrestling, like I wasn't like a, a huge, re- like I was a big wrestling fan when I was a kid, but in my twenties, I didn't really watch much. Uh, I'd watch here and there. Um, but when I started training to be a wrestler, that's when it like new Japan and Japanese wrestling in general was like, that was the thing that made me want to be a wrestler. And that, so wrestling for new Japan was, you know, my ultimate goal. And then, you know, now I'm kind of a, a regular person there and it's, it's really awesome. Hey, so Brody, did you did you kind of go do their dojo thing and like kind of train with their dojo guys and stuff like that? Did you do no, any of that? I had a couple trainings with Shibata, like uh, uh-huh. when they were still trying trying to figure out what they wanted to do. But uh, I wasn't in the dojo at all, and I, I didn't really do any of the camps. But I've been I was trained by Rocky Romero, so we got a lot yeah. of training from him uh, when he was doing the championship wrestling from Hollywood School stuff. Yeah, so Rocky Romero, um, when I was when I first came to LA in two thousand and two, uh, that New Japan had like Enoki's dojo in Santa Monica. It was it was great. So many it was incredible all the different people that were coming in and out of there too. Boss just like anyway, all the every whatever. Uh but JR J, Ra, Ra, Rocky Romero was running the whole thing, and he did an amazing job, man. He's a great coach, as he, as well as being a great in-ring performer. Yeah, he's a, he's an amazing person in general, but, yeah, yeah. he's a great coach, and I, I think one of the most underrated wrestlers currently going. I mean, I, I don't – I think every time you've watched a Rocky match, you know it's awesome, but, like, yeah. you really – people don't recognize him as, as awesome as he is. Well, oh, yeah. And- it's not just the wrestling. Like, Rocky's kind of like one of those guys like Conan now where, like, you know, he floats between every – I mean, he does everything. You know, he's, yeah, yeah. Like, he works with every single promotion, and I very few people able to kind of navigate like that, a good guy to have in your corner for sure. Do, do you know who he seems – like, you know what he seems like? He's taken over uh, Hattori's role a little bit, like the yeah. behind-the-scenes stuff. Those are some big shoes to fill, too. Right? Yeah, but, man, exactly, and, and Hattori's gone, and we – they need somebody, right, to do to yeah. do that. Yeah. So, you um, want to keep keep you want to keep uh, drilling Brody King with your questions, Nick? I'm not drilling. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> I I'm enjoying this. I wanted to, you know, I just think it's cool because like what Sean, you know, I like when Sean's excited to talk about people. Not that I book guests that they're never excited about, but Sean said some really nice things about you, Brody, and like you know, you I I, I talked to you recently, and obviously, I think you know, had a good time with that. You know, you've, you've done a lot of things I like, but you know, I look more to you, you know, more like how long have you actually been wrestling Brody? I feel like your ascension to where you're at right now has kind of been pretty quick, you know? Yeah. I, I think it um, kind of shocks people when I tell them, but I debuted July of 2015. So I just, I just passed six years. 
dude, six years, and you were just in the main event of Ring of Honor Death Before Dishonor fighting for the ROH World Championship. I mean, that's an ascent, dude. That's that's a quick six. Yeah, and, and it's definitely not lost on me. You know, I, I have lots of friends that have been doing this for, you know, 20 years that haven't even gotten their break yet or are just now getting their break. So for for me to kind of like, I, and I think that a lot of it has to do with the time that I broke in, like wrestling was so hot. But yeah, it, it's, I'm definitely, you know, aware that it, it, it was a quick ride. It's, it's more than that. Prom, I promise you. Like, it's, it's your work ethic. <clears throat> People, okay, all right. It's also people know you're straight edge. They know you're not going to be uh, an issue when it comes to that. Uh, you're a great guy and you're incredibly talented in the ring and you got, you've got a great look. Thank you. So there's, it's more than just, you know, a right place at the right time. And because you know, that's important too. It's incredibly important. So I read you, I read before all this though, you trained at the Santino's wrestling school, Santino brothers wrestling school. Is that correct or no? Yeah. So that, that was like my formal training. Uh, Joey chaos was my head trainer. He kind of taught me everything. And, you know, he still mentors me to this day when I'm like, you know, having low days on like, you know, mentally uh, in wrestling, I'll, I'll hit him up and just bounce ideas off of him. And he's always been like that, you know, father figure in wrestling for me. So that's always been really awesome. And then my, I would say that Rocky was kind of my finishing school. I gotcha. Yeah. Cause we just had Ron Funches on like last week and he was talking about how he spent some time at the Santino Brothers wrestling school. And he's like, that's a real school. That was very hard for me. Like, what was yeah. it training? Like, was it, was it a, was it a tough school to, to go through the Santino's brothers wrestling school? So I started training there kind of right before they started to implement a, like a, a strict curriculum where they had like exactly what they wanted to do. So my time went there was a little bit harder than what the, the students have to go through. Now uh, we kind of had to prove ourselves a little bit more. Uh, they didn't really give us much slack and it was like, if you wanted to quit, well, see you later. You know what I mean? Uh, but the, the training was, was definitely hard. I mean, I threw up multiple times. Uh, I was winded all the time, but I couldn't get enough. I was there all the time, three or four days a week, yeah. six hours a day. I, I like, all I wanted to do was wrestle. And that's all I was thinking about at the yeah. time. And that's why you're, as, and that's why you made as far as you have in the amount of time. Like, I honestly, man, when you live it, breathe it, and you just take in as much as you can. That's what I did, man. And like it was, but, but it was like about the same time as you. It was like five, six years, and I was in WWF. Wow. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it's it, it's crazy because you know your personal life takes a hit, uh, yeah. your relationships take a hit, but then it's like it's nice to know that it all kind of paid off. Like all the sacrifice was worth it. Was there one drill that was really hard that you were look back on? You're like, dude, that was that was rough. That was maybe a breaking point for me. Yeah. So every time we did the. Uh, the gotch deck of cards that yeah. was like, uh, and and we would like they would amp it up even more so it would be like burpees push-ups yeah sit-ups uh, and, and jumping jacks and then like it would be ascending so 10 or 10s would be 10 the jacks would be 12 queens would be 15 what are aces uh aces were 30 so it's like yeah. you hit a king and an ace on burpees and like you had to do 50 burpees in a row i'm like completely dead by the end of the deck yeah. That's a really like that's a very evolved version of the of the, the deck of cards because we were just doing a basic like you know I just the Base basic cards. way of yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah my, so, my trainer did that nice to us. I've I've heard that called a prison workout, uh is is what I've heard uh, that called. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it's just something that like 
it will amp up your cardio like crazy and you don't really need anything to do it. Yeah. Hey, Brody. Hey, man. I feel bad that I missed it, man, because it was right in town here. It was cool to see you and uh, uh, Alistair in the ring, Tommy and in the ring together. Well, if you're going to be in town on Sunday, we will be in the ring again, uh, tag teaming for the uh, for PWG. Where? Uh, oh, where? Okay. At the Globe Theater. Oh, all right. Yeah, me and uh, Malachi Black versus uh, Black Taurus and Flamita. So that'll be a, a pretty awesome match. Yeah, and that's yeah. going to be hot off of uh, Malachi's match with Cody. Uh, I guess we're recording this Tuesday. It airs Wednesday. But, yeah, tonight will be – he's got a lot of momentum right now that Malachi Black does. And dude, what an awesome entrance. Like, that guy's entrance kicks ass. I don't think I've ever seen a better entrance in wrestling. Yeah, I mean, he his whole, I don't know, aura and vibe and everything is, is really awesome. And he puts a lot of thought into it. It's yeah. like I, – I don't think there's one part of – his character or his wrestling that isn't completely thought out. Like nothing is like missed on him and which is really awesome. I mean, he's, he's been a big help to me and a mentor and kind of like a big brother figure since I started. And I was always able to like send him matches and like, mm. he would always kind of sit me down and be like, this is what you're doing wrong. This is what you need to do. So for me and him to kind of be teaming now and, and have that be a possibility is really awesome. He had um, that aura, man. He had that aura. The first time I ever met him, like, or like, so it's not like something that he did, like is some people have that. And it's kind of yeah. crazy. The first time I, I watched him wrestle, you know, was at PWG and he does his entrance. He doesn't really look at anybody. He just looks mm-hmm. at his opponent and then he sits cross-legged in the corner and waits for the bell to ring. It's like, there's just something about that. That's very weird and ominous. And right. <laughs> so wait, so, uh, you know, with him, he's with AEW, your ring of honor, you're working new Japan. Obviously there's this whole amalgamation that they call the, the forbidden door at the moment, but like, w- you know, would you like to, to see yourself maybe working with him in the AEW waters? Is there a chance we see him maybe show you some love in ring of honor or anything like that? Or do you think this stays like a PWG kind of exclusive act for the time being? For the time being, I, I think it's, it's definitely exclusive to PWG, but you know, I like to, uh, uh push the boundaries a little bit, even if, uh, I don't know what's allowed and what's not, you know, I, I just kind of play within the, the, the bounds that I'm given. Um, but it's really awesome to go to new Japan and be able to work guys like the good brothers. So you had this like impact ring of honor, new Japan, AEW thing. And then the thing that me and uh, Malachi are doing, we get to, you know, bend the rules a little bit without breaking them. So, but I would love for there to be some kind of, uh, you know, quote unquote, for, forbidden door opening, to where we can all just go crazy and give the fans what they want. Yeah, yeah, dude. I'd like to see Violence Unlimited off the chain. That's for sure. I mean, uh, yeah. Dude, I think I, um, I think that PWG might be one of the only places you can get away with that because they don't do streaming and shit like that, right? Like they, yeah, they still have that old school uh, business model. That uh, so I could see why they, they you can get get away with doing that shit there. It's That's also sure. cool to see. Like I, I didn't know how it was going to be coming out of um, quarantine or COVID or whatever yeah. with PWG because they didn't run a show since December of 2019. And, you know, there was other indies that were starting to level up. that were kind of like taking that role as like the place to be. And, you know, with a lot of the talent getting sucked up, you didn't really know who was going to be on the show. You didn't know how it was going to be received. And then, you know, their first show back, they just kind of like blew it out of the water. You know, you get For sure. 
uh, an appearance from Super Dragon, you'd get an appearance from Tommy in. It's it, it all just kind of meshed well and kind of showed you why PWG is still, you know, has its place in like the top tier of, of the independent. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And and like it's got to be cool for you right now. I mean, PWG's fire, obviously like a standard, but like Ring of Honor is really reinventing itself and you guys are such a great part of it right now. I mean, I, I put it over all the time. I think management has just done a really good job through the pandemic of not just taking care of you guys, but, you know, taking care of the product. I, I love, you know, what you guys bring with the violence, but you've also got the technical wrestlers like the Greshams and the women's divisions being rebuilt right now. It's just, it's gotta be a cool time for you to be a part of so much that's going on in like a positive direction for you in the business, you know? Yeah. It's really awesome. You know, when I, started to become a wrestler aside from loving Japanese wrestling. I was really obsessed with old ring of honor and you know, anyone that's pretty much done anything right now at a high level has gone through ring of honor at one point. So that always kind of stuck out to me that that was a place that I needed to go to like cut my teeth to become like a journeyman in some sense. Uh, but during quarantine, you know, we had the disbanding of violent or of, um, villain enterprises, uh, so I, I was kind of like, what am I going to do? How am I going to like stick out and kind of like reinvent myself and, and show that I'm like a, a top player still. And that's when I kind of came up with the violence unlimited thing, which used to be a tag team I was in on the independence uh, and was just kind of pushing that forward. And then I kind of pitched the idea to have this feud with the foundation to have this like, you know, Inoki versus Baba, like, all Japan, New Japan, like rivalry of like, we're fighting for the purity of, of Ring of Honor and what we feel is it is. And I kind of pitched them the guys that I wanted to be part of it. And they were like, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> you said yes? That's got to uh, feel nice. That's got to feel nice to pitch. And they're like, oh, sure. Yeah, actually, let's go with that. That's fun. Yeah. yeah and, and I mean, especially having, you know, Homicide in there and Chris Dickinson and mm. Tony Depp. And it's like, I kind of got my like, murderer's row of like guys that i wanted and it was it was crazy i didn't have a lot of experience with homicide we we've met a few times um but eddie kingston was like a, a big person uh in my career when i was coming up he kind of took me under his wing uh we did a lot of shows together he helped me out a lot um we had some great matches together and you know homicide is kind of his uh senpai so yeah but to kind of like be able to have homicide in my corner and like bring him in and, and be under his learning tree has been really awesome as well. How was it for you seeing Tony Deppen uh, get to take the national spotlight and become embroiled in this uh, feud with Ron Funches who called him out on James Corden and all these things. I mean, he's just had a crazy year, right? I mean, he won the ring of honor TV title. Uh, he's just having this like crazy spree on the independence. And then, yeah, he's on the late, late show. Like, <laughs> yeah, Tyron Funches, like he's he's killing it. Uh, he, he's definitely putting in the hustle, and, and it, I'm glad to see that it's it's paying off for him. Yeah, he did a good job with Ron too. Like I mean, he it, it was yeah, they did a real nice job. I was I, I was impressed with Tony. I think that. Tony was probably the best person that he, they could have possibly put in there to do that with. Mm -hmm. I, I I got I I imagine you're correct. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm I wasn't real familiar with Tony, like so I had to kind of get caught up on him. Yeah, Tony's an interesting guy because he could go on the mat, but he's also a personality. Yeah. Like, I thought that was interesting when I talked to him a little while back because I was like, you seem like you'd be good with the, the pure division. He's like, yeah, I guess, but I'm a yeah. TV guy. I'm a TV champion, you know, like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to <laughs> extrapolate and stuff. And, like, 
as I was watching all this stuff play out with Ron, that was echoing in my head because I was like, yeah, this guy really is like a good TV champion. He's got the character, the energy. He knows how to work with like mainstream outlets and stuff. I, I was just very impressed by Tony. I thought it was great. Yeah, he, he gets it. He has a lot of charisma. And like, you know, on the on the surface, you just see this kind of like plain smaller white guy but then like he has this personality that just like jumps out of nowhere kind of reminds me of uh somebody else right sean <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's fun to fantasy book what sean's gonna look like on the other side of this rehab like i always love i always love to say what matches i want to sean loves it when i'm like let's get this sean, uh, sean uh, Walton, Tony you are in unbelievable shape right now when hey. I saw a photo of you the other day <laughs> oh my god yeah uh, uh, it's really, man, you know, the thing, man, it's just, I, I just adjusted my diet a little bit and I mean, it's not quite that simple, but, um, and I'm just working out more, man. You're putting and, in the work. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's weird, man. Cause you just gotta be consistent. Like, honestly, right now I'm not even putting that much, like I'm not killing myself in the gym at all. Like I'm leaving a lot in the gym, uh, when I walk out of there, but like still putting, you know, still working every day. Well, it's not hey, about me. <laughs> no. The conversation hey, hey. on the show always go back to you, Sean. Anyway. Oh, I hate when that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Brody, um, how far, like, are you just enjoying the moment and kind of just like all that? Or, or do you have like, what's your long-term plans? you want to share them with us? Or is that something you'd like to keep to yourself? Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm always thinking. I'm never comfortable. Yeah. Like that's when you, uh, when you really start to, lose a little bit of yourself is when you get comfortable um i'm always looking forward whether it be with ring of honor or with new japan or with someone else like it's i'm always looking for that that thing that can make me better that can make me uh you know love wrestling more so i want to see you with the belt around your waist or over your shoulder however the fuck you carry it i think that's like that's one thing that has always been my my thing with wrestling is i've never really cared about titles which is maybe a good thing i don't know that's fine you know i i think it's it's cool obviously to represent a company as their champion but i also feel like that limits you in a lot of things you might get you know people be like oh you can't wrestle this person because of this or blah 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 it's like i don't have brains so it's like can complicate things yeah I'm, i'm okay with you know just being a guy that gets really cool matches uh yeah man up there on the top of the card wise. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't have to have a title. Like I was like, people would I almost just turned it around about me again. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, wait, one thing I wanted to ask you about that I haven't had the chance to ever talk to you about, Brody, is uh musical career, God's hate. Yes. Uh so like uh I had known you were a musician and and uh, a metal band. I'm very hardcore. Strict. Hardcore. hardcore. I'm super square. I watch like Porter <laughs> Wagner on Fridays. Um, but uh, like I had a chance, you know, the last couple of days as we were getting ready for this, I was like, I'm going to listen to some God's hate. I'm going to like finally get into to Brody's band. And dude, this stuff slaps, man. Like if you want to get ja- if you want to get jacked up in the gym, you just want to like have a good time when you're walking your dog. Like I re- went, were you doing the music before you got into the wrestling? Yeah. So God's hate started, almost the same time that I started training. So, I mean, I've been doing music forever. Like that it's been hardcore and punk and that whole realm has been part of my life since I was a, uh, you know, 13 years old. But 
for it, it it really wasn't a big thing until we put out this most recent record uh which was in in march right and it's really just kind of like become a monster in its own like we really took our time in quarantine to like put out the best product that we felt we could and and we really loved what we had and we were just hoping that everyone else would like it too and it's kind of blown up like crazy um yeah, it's been you awesome. guys had a, you guys had built a bit of a name for yourself before that, even though we did. Yeah, within yeah. the heart community, we were definitely you know a bigger band, but now it's going even beyond that. So we're getting like regular play on Sirius XM and like stuff like that. So it's been really cool to see what's what's happened coming out of that. How does the band feel like? Yeah, obviously, it's a balancing act, right? Like you have people that rely on you in wrestling once you succeed, but you also have like band members that want your attention and, and to succeed as well. Like. How is it trying to balance both of those things? It's pretty easy. I mean, a lot of the guys in the band have been in other bands and they, they're, you know, in their thirties now and they're all, we're all over touring. We don't want to tour anymore. It's like, aside from wrestling, you know, that's like touring is my career. But, uh, so we, we're able to do these like cool, like weekends. Like we have, uh, a California weekend coming up at the end of October. Uh, we have, a Texas weekend and a New York or like a Northeast weekend. So it's like, if we're able to just do all these like mini tours, that's like awesome. Yeah. Sell out the show and we can, you know, make a decent amount of money on merch and go home happy. And we're not burned out. So it's like being an indie wrestler. You work Fridays and Saturdays, sometimes Sundays. Exactly. It's, that's the dream. <laughs> yeah. So do you want to keep these worlds separate or together? Would you like God's hate to be doing more with your pro wrestling life? Or do you like having two different worlds? Like how, what do you want to do with those two things? Uh, I love the crossover. You know, a lot of wrestling fans bought the record, have supported the record. Uh, they were starting to buy merchandise and I'm seeing that more at shows. Um, my entrance music is like uh, edited versions of God's hate songs. So yeah, I love the crossover. I love blending the two. And, you know, both are very big parts of my life and, and kind of what make Brody King the wrestler and performer a thing. So uh, I definitely like the, uh, the the blending of the two worlds. The one, you know what else is really cool about it <clears throat> is uh, when you're dealing with promoters and trying to, you know, you know, negotiate or whatever, um, they know like that, you know, you have this other thing that you're successful at. And... It, it, it gives you more leverage, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You it, can just say, oh, no, no, thanks. I'm good. And walk away, you know? Yeah. When I've, you know, when Ian Riccoboni puts over that, like, you know, God's hate was on the billboard charts and stuff like that. Like, that's really cool. And I, I feel like that's like something that would make somebody watching me like, wait, what? And then like, check out the band and like, want to be more involved with that. So it definitely gets people's attention when you hear the accolades and like you said with the promoter they could be like oh well he could possibly bring x amount of like people that never come to a wrestling show so would you ever accept a wrestling contract that said that you couldn't do touring with your band while you were working for whatever company or is that a deal breaker for you i mean that that would probably be a deal breaker and but i don't really see why it would be an issue without you know within the confines of like having wrestling being the priority you know i know that yeah. there there is companies that where they don't they only want you to be part of the wrestling yes. they want but, to uh, control everything yeah <laughs> and I'm, not, I'm i'm totally not interested in that so okay cool just wondering um yeah man i I'm, I'm glad i got to pick your brain about that a little bit um i mean and obviously and i brought it up before you know i don't know we, we don't have much like a ton of time here but i just think it's so cool you did i think you should leave 
that's my favorite show. I know it's one of your favorite shows, and yeah. like, I just, I just want to put that over again. How awesome it was! You got to be part of this latest season. So, thank you, man. Yeah, that that was uh, that was really awesome, and I love that how many fans or just people in general are like, wait, did I just see Brody King? I think he should mm-hmm. leave. Like, and then I, I made like the Mike the Rock Davis shirts, and yeah, it's it's just been really cool. Dude, that's awesome. We gonna get Tim Robinson in in ROH. You gonna pay this off with like I think you should wrestle yeah. something like that, that would be that would be awesome. Maybe we should try to work. <laughs> that would be good. I agree. All right. Well, Sean, do you have anything else you want to pick your your friend Brody King's mind? No, no, no. I just want to thank you, Brody, for you know, like I said before, taking the time. Thank Enjoy. you, Sean. Andy. And I look forward to seeing you soon. So yeah, I hope, I hope to see you maybe Sunday. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. All right. Just so you know, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about what you guys do, and then we're gonna play like this silly game that I came up with that I don't know that Sean is totally sold on, but we're gonna find out. <laughs> he seemed very sold on it last week. Uh, yeah, it's kind of one of those. It's kind of another another one of those deals. In comedy, in comedy, I call those homework shows where it's like, uh, can yeah, I just do my jokes? I have to do like jokes from the 18th century. Dude, like, fucking thank you, <laughs> thank you, Marty. My pleasure. My pleasure. Sorry, Nick. Yeah, Sorry. We barely, no. Yeah, we don't like. You yeah. know me better than Nick does already. <laughs> Fucking man. See, if I was in the driver's seat, I would cater the show towards you. You know, but uh, right. Nick over here is oh my just kind of. All right. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about that. Here's the thing about that. I like I like to be a lot more hands off. Like I like to just come on on fucking Tuesday and record my shit. And so I give Nick like free reign, dude. Like, so I try not to complain too much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just I'm the be, same way with Sarah. Sarah. I'm the same you know? way with Sarah. I'm very difficult. Yeah, like 95% of Nick's shit is great, but like, I, I don't know. I don't know who's more of a couple here, like Marty and Sarah or us, because like it seems like you no, know, like there is... is only one couple here. Okay. <laughs> like, it's actually it's diagonal. Us. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> All right. Uh, all right. Well, um, we can we can we can include all of this if you want. Sure. To. All yeah, right. Sure. Hey, so, but like for anyone that doesn't know, this is Marty and Sarah, and hey. Marty, and, or is it Sarah and Marty? Sorry. Well, the way we're sitting right now, it's Sarah and Marty. I tried okay. to label it for the <laughs> yeah for reading yeah. these, but yeah, it's yeah. Marty and Sarah. Love it's like you're used to saying Hall and Nash, but if they were standing, right? You, know, uh, you go, <laughs> ah, this is gonna kill me, but I have to write. Or like movie posters, how they'll show like. Steven Seagal and Jean-Claude Van Damme, but then they'll have their yeah. names different. That always, that always weirds me out. Me too. I didn't like that. Hey, go, hey real quick, I just want to mention, um, I, I, we, we know at least one person like from the comedy world that uh, might be friends with, um, Thelonious Monk. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah I, t- I talk to him about you all the time. I love him. <laughs> yeah, whenever I, I see him, I'm like, you talk to X-Pac lately? What's, love, what's going love on? Love that guy. Yeah. Yeah, he cuts up whenever he comes out here. Sometimes he stays here. Yeah. But um, Nick, yeah, you don't know who Felonius is, do you? I, I, I don't know. Anyways, this isn't about Felonius money. <laughs> hey, but thank you guys for joining us. I kind of just kind of like, uh, you know, informal. Like the more I do this, like the less formal it gets. So um, I appreciate you guys for coming on and um, you know talking about what you do. Like you guys are like both like real comedians. We're real life comedians. Real comedians. Real we deal. got our feet in every puddle in the industry. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, we started doing the show because when I, uh, we started this show about. Uh... Late 2015 was, so Marty messaged me and I was yeah. watching Monday Night Raw with my ex-boyfriend and we would always do these Raw nights. And I like 
couldn't believe that Marty DeRosa was like contacting me. It felt like a little ingenue being like called up from the chorus. And I was just like, wanted to meet you and talk about wrestling. And that's exactly what we did. Cause you heard me on our friend, Dan Friesen's podcast. And uh, he'd been wanting to do a wrestling podcast for a while. So our first conversation was wrestling with depression. And you were sort of auditioning me to be a podcast co-host. Yeah. Hey, so I gotta know, uh, since you just mentioned it, like, Hey, was Marty the cause of your breakup with your ex-boyfriend or hey, what? Hey. We always we did everything on the level. Yes. It was like we worked ourselves into a shoot, back into a uh-huh. work, into a shoot again. And um, yeah, I just got to a point where I was having so much fun with Marty that I was like, all right, I'm just going to become single. And then in two years, if the podcast is still going strong, <laughs> I'll mention sometime that I might be interested. It was like a few weeks later yeah. after I was single. We were just like watching movies every night and like podcasting and hanging out. And it was like, oh, duh, we were supposed to be together. Yeah, I- that's kind of how that stuff works, yeah. man. Like, uh, I don't know your ex-boyfriend or whatever, and don't want to keep talking about it, but like, <laughs> hopefully he understands. Yeah, he's a very, yeah, he's a very he, good guy. Yeah, now that he hears it from you, I think he'll understand. Like, this is, <laughs> we'll clip it. Yeah. Well, I thought it was great because I remember like when you two started, I remember Marty talking about this and it was like, but it was, it never seemed, when you guys became a couple, I was very surprised. I thought the idea was you guys were going to just get into this and be platonic. Yeah. We meant to, that was yeah. The plan. It yeah. would have been great, so easy. But yeah. then it was just like, uh oh, he's too funny. Well, but you guys, you guys get each other. Like if you listen we to do. the show, like you two really have a great, and like what I, what I love is, you know, every week we have to go hustle and, and find all these guests. You know, yeah. the affordable, pro- but you guys. <laughs> so you- by yeah. that, I, cause I used to do a podcast about uh, mental health and uh, I, I learned like, God, the hardest part is getting guests every week and file. And then, so I thought, okay, I want to do a podcast where we don't have to worry about that. So yeah, we just kind of, uh, we have a, you know, imaginary guests come by and, and say hi to us and stuff. And uh, yeah, we've eliminated we, the middleman. We figured out somewhere along the way that we really like doing voices just to like make each other laugh. And then it just expanded mm. into our own little, um, what do you call it? Viewisk universe. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you got sure. characters. So you have some, sure. some yeah. different characters that come on Absolutely. the show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Some, what's that? Want to share any of them? Yeah. With us? So we do um, Finn Balor's mom because we found out mm-hmm. that she was like the sweetest lady on the planet. Like years ago, she was at an NXT show yeah. and a friend overheard her, like basically just cheering her son on, and she's Irish. So I just started playing her of like, oh, I've come by to tell you I'm so proud of my boy Finn. And, you know, despite all the Legos I've stepped along along the way, he's always good for a smile and a laugh. And I think he'll be champ again soon. Yeah. That's a get- pretty good. Pretty good accent. Yeah, we get we get a lot of like how how Nick you might get like hey I heard so and so's contract is up. We don't get that. We get we get people who message us and they're like hey uh, I took a photo with this wrestler at a show and their hair smelled really good. Like they that's said the kind of um, Roman Reigns hair smelled like that Aussie conditioner. Yeah, like that yeah. Real nice, that's what that's the kind of stuff we get. Uh, wow. You know, a summer whiff. We yeah. like to know what the wrestlers smell like because you know it's really nice <laughs> when somebody like smells good backstage. It's a little it, extra gift in the locker room. It makes me. It, that just made me think of and it's them. It's MMA, but you know MMA and wrestling are kind of a little bit. But Chael Sonnen said that about uh, Anderson Silva. He just smelled so good. Yeah. yeah, and we that's we've become the like, what do they smell like podcast? Or mm-hmm. uh, we get a lot of uh, one of the things that we do on our podcast is we love when people have like awkward interactions with wrestlers, oh, and uh, yeah. those are just great. 
I have plenty of those still. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. There's some probably who've been about you where they're just like, a lot of it is they're in line and they're waiting what to say to you guys. And they're just like, I'm going to be like, wow, what was it like to wrestle in global? That was awesome. And then they just get up to you and they're like, ah, you um, just good. Hey, Marty, I think yeah. you, like I actually have awkward moments with other wrestlers. I'm not talking. Oh, about oh OK. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, that's even better. Yeah, let me yeah, give you one example. That's, we'll take them. Well, yeah, I'll we'll, give you one example. Sure. You know, the WrestleMania that was in, was it the Superdome? Hey, it was um, it was Cesaro and Sheamus versus mm-hmm. uh, Braun Strowman. And what was his name? Nicholas. Nicholas. Yeah. Nicholas. Yeah. yeah. So that's, my, that's who Nick is. You know that, right? That's Nick yeah. grown up now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> hey, so, and, and mind you, that was an entertainment, entertaining segment, but like it wasn't ideal for, for mm. Cesaro and Seamus. Sure. But they did really, like, they did the best they could with it. And, we and, always and said did that. a good job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, so like later on, like after WrestleMania is over with, I get it. Like I'm in the, me and Lula are in the, the elevator and come Seamus and like, we're, you know, trying to, small talk and i'm like oh good shit tonight and he just looks at me like uh, like because it was just small talk right like like i know it was brutal it was just i was just oh fuck i can't because like <laughs> it just really created that awkward moment man i picture you walking down the hallway going great job uh, great job great, why did i say that <laughs> man, so i i had a I, I had a really awkward uh encounter with actually with cabana and punk uh at, as the trial was going on when i was covering their trial with dr aman and they like had to leave the room while they were waiting the verdict, right? And like they could have been on the hook for millions of dollars, right? And there weren't like a whole lot of people there. And I just saw them standing there and I just walked over and I was like, So, how are you guys feeling? Like, oh, like oh, no, you thought that was a good idea? Oh, on the store uh, with a lightning rod, you maniac. Hey, Marty. <laughs> yeah. Did we get a character from you yet, or did I fucking interrupt? Oh, you? Um, one of the one of the characters that that uh, I do on the podcast when uh, AEW was doing Double or Nothing, yeah. the hashtag was AEWDON. <laughs> so we we have this like uh, electrical worker named Don who's a big uh, AEW fan, and he and he just loves AEW. He thought the hashtag was about him. Yeah, he thought it was for he thought so. He's AEW Don, so he always comes on the podcast. Uh, to talk about things, and then we have we have some uh, some uh, some actual you know uh, quote unquote wrestlers come by uh, that we do to uh, certain levels of quality. Sometimes it's a bad impression is a good impression. Like or if, sometimes yeah. they'll get like in a lot of trouble, and then you have to put the impression on. You know, for a that's while. the other oh, thing. Yeah. Just, just when I nail somebody, right? Just when I'm like I have everything about this character <laughs> down, then you know something happens, or or documentaries come out, and people have to go away for a little while. So. That's uh-huh. the fun of yeah. just the two of us yeah. is like we always talk about like we just do what we feel like doing like if there's something rotten in the news we just don't feel like touching it we'll like just have fun yeah. and like go watch old wrestling and talk about that and yeah. stuff. we try to keep it real fun yeah i i'd like to think we do too but um yeah there's uh yeah <laughs> he has that that right there is just twitter right now it's just like yeah uh and then just uh i uh yeah well, see, the problem is I have I have no filter, right? I do like my own wrestling news shows where I just kind of ask and talk. But when I I can't, you know, I do this on Sean's show and like you know, it's a dangerous combo sometimes. So I have to I have to watch myself here. I'm threat, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, you're uh, the opposition. Yes, I'm I'm the opposition. People call it a bit of a dangerous combo sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I've seen Marty wrestle, right, Sarah? You yeah. Have- 
you you have pro wrestling interests. So like talk <laughs> talk about like what you guys do, like because you two have become part of like the actual pro wrestling community. You're not just it, doing a podcast. Oh, in Chicago, yeah, in Chicago, we're just kind we kind of like Sarah does commentary for Black Label. I used to do commentary for AAW. Uh, yeah, and it's it's I mean it's interesting now to see like the. I feel like Sarah got to see a what it's like class. when you see like a class of wrestlers that all go from the indies to, you know, whether it's NXT, AEW or WWE. So it's like, it's wild to watch like a TV show, just like I'm sure like you watch like the Emmys and you know a bunch of people who are writers on shows and stuff like yeah. that. Like, it's wild to just be like, oh, there's Eddie Kingston who used to like mess with me during matches and stuff. or And like the Lucha Brothers and Sarah would oh. always do like promos together in the basement at Logan Square Auditorium. Uh, so it's just it's awesome to see the people like going to uh, going to the pay-per-view at the vitamin place, the now, now center. center. Uh, <laughs> the, the there's a place. there's a giant vitamin bottle on the side of the uh, arena. arena. It is, uh, you know, it's kind of weird that there's wrestling at an arena that has a pill bottle on the side <laughs> oh, fuck, on man. the side of the stadium. It's like, ugh. but um, yeah, which is cool seeing like. Eddie Kingston get that ovation that he should have gotten years ago. And he finally gets it now. And you're just watching and you're like, I saw this guy wrestle in front of like a couple hundred people. It's amazing. It's like hey, feel involved, even here's if the it's thing about fine. that. Here's the thing about that too, is if not for AEW, like Eddie might not have ever been able to be on, on that biggest stage. So people could actually, you know, get to see what Eddie Kingston's all about. Yeah, And, and that's a fucking shame, man. You wonder how many Eddie Kingston's didn't get that opportunity. Um, who, I mean, I'm sure you could rifle off a hundred of them, of just like this, oh, this, 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 this person. And it's like it's hard enough to get there, but then to get the actual TV time to be mm -hmm. able to. But like the people that we and I love when we have sort of wrestling fan or friends who are they're not really wrestling fans or they weren't, but it's kind of like if you're friends with us, and I'm sure it was with both of you guys. If you're friends with you, you have to get into wrestling. Like it's just not. You're not gonna not watch wrestling and be our friend. Like or you're, you're gonna, not gonna have be to be weird about it. Yeah, with, like yeah. the same dumb questions. It's like you can ask legit questions and, and we'll answer them all day. But the people that just like don't want to be part of it, it's like okay, well, you know, maybe yeah. we'll see you yeah. in the crowd and seeing, gathering. Seeing those people watch, you know, uh, an Eddie Kingston or like a Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks or something, and they're just like, whoa, that was insane. So it's it's cool yeah. to see your friends impress your friends when you watch someone get hooked in and then ask them like why that person, what's going on. Like yeah. you hear the most amazing that's, things. That's when you have them hooked when they text you a couple days later and they're like, who was who was the one guy that did the thinking about that? Yeah, lunatic. yeah, yeah. Or or were they really? I I now I read something. Were they really fighting? Like that's when I'm like, oh, we got them hooked. They're starting to ask mm -hmm. like questions off. off. My nephews are right. Yeah, got my yeah. nephews in early. Yeah. Um, well, you guys are not just like deep in, I mean, obviously the comedy side, you guys are like Chicago comedy. Like you're like a Royal couple. You're like a Kanye. <laughs> type Do you think those are the two you'd want to be set as? They got divorced, Nick. Oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? Why are you trying to curse us on our own special day? I'm not, I'm not him. All right. I am. I am. the. I've said this several times. Did you uh, not watch the VMAs for the, uh, for all the references? No, 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 I was watching Porter Wagner or something. So like, but you guys, I mean, comedians, you should know Marty, but like, mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't know because I'm far out of the improv community at this point. You're on Deep Schwa, like Deep Schwa, <laughs> Deep Schwa's been like, Sean, I don't know if you know this or not, but like Deep Schwa, how long has Deep Schwa been like a top improv? Almost 30 years in existence, but like it's people, you can come and go if you're an original member, like people move away, but once you're on the team, you can always play whenever they have like a run of shows. We haven't mm -hmm. had a run for a while because IO closed down, but we just started up at the Annoyance Theater 
Sundays at 8 p.m. Tell your friends. It's uh, I can't believe I did improv the other night. It was like a blast to be back. I felt so grateful just to walk out on the stage and see people. And you were in the audience. Yeah. It was the best. That's nice. cool. Now, Nick, to, to say where you were, as far as you in Chicago comedy, when I first met you, I asked Cabana, I go, what's what's Nick's deal? And he goes, well, from what I can gather, he's kind of the Teddy Hart of the Chicago improv scene. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> take that for one. Not that he would show up with a cat for shows, but uh, you would always some bridges were gear. burned, maybe. Burnt a few bridges. <laughs> look, uh, look, look. Uh, well, first of all, I think that's a skewed perspective from Cabana. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was was I was I doing a lot of uh, you know nose candies and, and drinking at the time? Uh, maybe you know like that that part of it's true, but I don't know about bird bridges. I still have a okay. lot of connections. So you were jumping from territory this to territory. Well, well, <laughs> I I made my way through the territory because like I did uh, I O and that's why I'm very impressed with Deep Show. That's again like putting that over. That's awesome. But like regular man, best teacher yeah. in the game. I mean, you know the annoyance, and then like obviously comedy sports and dabbled in Second City, but like. You know, I jumped around, but I didn't feel like, you know, at the end there, there were some people that I obviously didn't get along with. But like, God, I, damn, I can't imagine being around you on cocaine. <laughs> like, <laughs> holy fuck. <laughs> I, was, I was a wild child. I'll put it that way a decade ago. The I, games I, get a little more intricate when, when you were on cocaine, probably. It's like, all right, and then you're going to do this, and then you'll do this, and you'll do this. We were the way you said nose candies, it makes me think that you never really bought any of your own. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, you know, it's funny because like Sean talks about how he was the youngest guy in the locker room. Right. Yeah. And like I was I was very much that, you know, everybody. I was the youngest member. Of, I think I was the youngest member at I.O. and comedy sports when I was there. I was only like 22 when I was put on teams and stuff. And so I had people that were in their 40s that were like showing me things that I probably should not have been exposed to at that yeah. time, you know, hey, but. Man. He wasn't like, even a woman in the yeah. improv. It was yeah. all part of the. Yeah, I was a white guy and I had issues, you know, because like, <laughs> I knew who the because I had issues with the bad white guys. But anyway, um, yeah, no, it was you know, but that's what happens. You get thrown into a community like that, and you're very young, and yeah, you and you want to fit in and all that other shit. And plus, it kind of feels good. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> put that shit in your nose. This is not where I thought this. You don't want no part of this, Dewey. Go. Not where I knows about my shit. All right. Hey, uh, so anyway, I just was trying to say nice things about you, but I guess we uh, uh, oh, 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 now, we have some letters knows. we want to read you. <laughs> now everybody knows I, I used to enjoy myself. Um, I feel weird. Damn you. I know. <laughs> How dare you? Okay. Life. So, so <laughs> I feel like this is a good segue to the game. Right. I feel like this is a good time to segue to the game. Yes, and Nick. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. Yes. Uh, so, Sean, I wrote up this intro for you because uh, he asked me for an intro to explain the game and everything. Yeah, dude. But, like, I didn't mean, like, going this, like, I'll use some of this stuff. <laughs> I think you should read it word for word what no I wrote. No fucking way. Okay. <laughs> no way. Yeah, dude. Yeah. You're you got to pay for a cameo if you want fucking that. Fucking play a ha ha with me here. <laughs> All right, shall we start? Yes, let's start the game. Hey, so welcome to uh, Game Time, everybody. Uh, I used to host it uh, when we first started the show back, and uh, then Nick took over because he's better at it than me, so yada, yada, yada. Uh, But, like, this, Nick came up with this game, and, and, like, he's a 
probably be way better uh, player than a, than a host. So I'll be the host today, everybody. <laughs> Woohoo! All right. All right. You know what? I'm just going to fucking read this thing. How he, how about I just do that? Okay. All right. Ready, guys? Yeah. Mm -hmm. My name is Sean Waltman, and I am a two-time WWE Hall of Famer. Recently, WWE asked me to go out and talk to the smartest minds in the entertainment business to find new ideas for WWE Studios films. Today, I have those minds with me. In just a moment, Marty DeRosa and Saren Shockey will be joining us. Also, Nick Hausman. <laughs> and we will each have one minute to pitch their WWE Studios pitch. But there's a twist. I will give each of them the name of a WWE superstar as well as a film genre that their pitch must be based on. Whichever pitch I like the most will be declared the winner. And we'll all go right. into production, I imagine. Like, yeah. did everyone, was everyone able to digest all of that? Like, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. It all felt right. like a scripted promo, though. It didn't feel like it was coming from you. Right. Because it wasn't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's why on TV it's weird sometimes, I guess. Really? That was tough. Um, all right, so here's the genre suggestions. Am no, don't wait. To... No, you you pick a wrestler. You so you're gonna pick one of us. And you're gonna say, "Here's the wrestler. Here's the genre. You have 60 seconds, and you can time." Oh, I give you the okay. Yeah, that's how to, I, I I give you the genre. Right. All right. And the wrestler. Right. Yeah. Any old wrestler? Any, any? Well, you know, it's for WWE Studios, so I would imagine WWE wrestlers. But I don't feel like we're beholden to that. You know, there's no rules here. Oh. Just right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. So, Nick, I'm going to start okay. with you. All right. Fair enough. Actually, you know what? Close with Marty. Have Nick. Go I'm first. going to give, I'm going to give the guests the option to go first or second. I wanted to go with Nick, Sarah, Marty. Okay. I like the sound of that. So, Nicholas. Sure. Um, Roman Reigns and Western. Okay, I'm gonna hit. I'm gonna hit go. All right, so we start, and Roman Reigns is tied up to a post, right? And he is trying, obviously, to get back to his daughter, who is in uh, another, you know, part of, let's say, Mexico. All right, but he's got to first get out of this post that he's tied up to, that he was put there by these these, you know, bad guys, right? So he manages to free himself from that, and then he starts going town to town looking for his daughter. But in each town is like the new day, right? Because he's like got to go through them first. And then you've got, you know, maybe over here, you've got like the, the nation of domination. You get them back together. That's like in another part. Of, so he goes town to town fighting these old WWE factions, you know, Desperado style until he finally gets to the end, right? And it's Brock Lesnar, right? And it's Brock Lesnar and it's Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar's kidnapped Roman Reigns' daughter and, he, and they have to have a duel. And Roman Reigns uh, shoots and kills Brock Lesnar and he gets his daughter back, and that's that's my sixty seconds. Wow! Wow! Yeah, no smoking sure. guns at all, huh? Carol, you yeah. a timer so that you can <laughs> I, see I, it. I tried to play this game earlier with, with my girlfriend, and she's like, "You're really bad at this." So actually, that was better than my practice was. So, anyway, so I started off. I, I mine was mine was very good, obviously. Sean, I what was the title? It. What was it called? Uh, that was called uh, "Current WWE Booking Through the Veil of uh, of Western." Uh, yes, it's too yes. long for a marquee. Yeah. They're never going to put it on the DVD box. <laughs> well, you know, it's not a very good pitch. So, well, you know, mm. right. get right. ready for mine. All right, 
Are we are we ready? Ready. Okay. Um Um, I'm sorry about this. It's taking me a second. I gave I gave him an hour notice beforehand. Genres are included. You just have to pick. I'm just excited he wants to set me up so well. That's yeah, yeah. No, I'm just not trying to throw out like bullshit, like any old name. Um, Drew McIntyre, rom com. Oh, oh, come on. That's beautiful. <laughs> wow. So Drew McIntyre is, you see at the beginning, this misty Scottish legend. And you see him with the sword and like through the fog. And there's kind of a hint of a legend of like, but whatever happened to that mystical man? Cut to, it's Alexa Bliss. She's a business lady and she's mean. She's not having the life she wants. But guess what? Ding dong. Her dad's dead. Left her a cabin up in the woods in northern scottish land it's kind of a funny joke but it's uh-huh. real too and she gets there and she realizes that she doesn't know her family she doesn't like them at first but then she connects with them and then through the magic of family she brings the ghost reality of big legend drew mcintyre back to life he doesn't know anything about how to live on this planet so she teaches him they fall in love she tries to take him to the city and in the end they just move back out into the castle that they were always supposed to be in for history. And we have a lot of laughs along the way. Dewdrop is All great right. in it. <laughs> wow. What's that called? Oh, that one's called My Scottish Past. <laughs> it's not a good title because it's WWE Studios it's and they don't always title. they it's don't a, always hit it with the it's title. A working, it's just a working title. The Marine was taken. <laughs> All right. That was really. I thought that I would watch that. That that had Hallmark written all over it. That was good. Feels, yeah, feels Hallmark Channel or Lifetime. And he's so big, and she's yeah. so little. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I see that. I see holiday season coming around. All right. Anyway. All right. You ready, Marty? I'm ready. I'm ready. Ah, uh, Matt Riddle, buddy comedy. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. Uh, Matt Riddle, buddy comedy. Uh, there is uh, this guy, Matt Riddle, and he needs a job. And he needs a job real bad. A uh, guy on the street says, hey, man, we have this edible factory and we just fired our product taster. Uh, do you think you can help us out? And he's like, absolutely. But they're like, Abs- actually, you need to be a janitor for a little while. OK, so you're the nighttime janitor here at the edible factory. <laughs> no! And uh, Riddle's doing his thing. But there's a door open and he's like, what's in there? Uh, he basically falls in a giant vat of edibles and uh, he becomes uh, like a superhero edible himself. <laughs> where everything he touches, they get real high in like an hour or so. And sometimes people are like, I don't even think I'm high from this guy. Let me touch him again. And they touch him again. And then they're like, oh, no, this is a problem. Uh, So the government hires him and they've now weaponized this walking edible, Matt Riddle. (laughs) And uh, a lot of times he goes to countries where they're dictators and they're like, I want everything. And he just touches them and they're like, I'm sorry, man, I'm going to have to mellow out. I've been a bad dictator. This Riddle guy is all right. Um, so that's called uh, "Riddle Me This." Who is the buddy? Right. Oh, yeah, himself? who's the buddy? Uh, his but so the dictator is Cesaro. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Cesaro's the dictator of uh, of a uh, like a, one of those fake countries in a Van Damme movie, yeah. Jean Claude Van Damme movie, like, or some shit. Yeah, Moldavia. Yes, <laughs> Cesaro. Cesaro is the king of Moldavia. That's it. Yes. I would I would watch that. Yeah. Hey man, yeah. I was waiting for the buddy thing, and then you slipped it in right at the yeah, end before the, I, before yeah. the minute got up. I mean, really, the marijuana and Riddle are the real buddies. Yeah, the real buddies. They're the real. Yeah. They're the man real buddies. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow. So, versus nature. Like honestly, um, it's it's 
it's a close de- decision between um, the two of you. Because, like, honestly, yeah. Nick's, Nick's, Nick's was full of worn-out tropes. You know, it's like, who's your, who would you write that with? Meltzer? Like, what are we talking about? You didn't bring up ratings or anything in there? Oh, when he fought the New Day, it was a three-quarter fight. It's like, we're just talking about relationships and love. And I just wanted to fit that worn-out tropes line. It's fine. Like, okay, honestly, without a doubt, um, Sarah's the winner of this. Yeah, for sure. Thank She's the so winner. Much. Congratulations. Um, I'm a writer. That's why. Sure. Sarah actually, and if anybody from WWE Films is listening, Sarah has a uh, <laughs> the, the the idea of a script for a um a Christmas what is it a Christmas it's a Carol? Christmas Carol starring Vince. Uh, yeah, Vince gets visited by all of his like past, present, and future, and it always changes with like who's in right now. But I would write it any Christmas. I could get it done in a weekend and oh um, really teach some lessons. Just like Vince and Hogan, she'd lock herself in a hotel room and just write the whole <laughs> hey, thing in, in, in on one the weekend. Plane, just yeah, all you got. You got to be careful uh, who you tell that to because some parallel thinking might happen. Well, you know. Well, if it does, it's for the good of humanity. It doesn't have to be my <laughs> script. It can be anybody's if it makes a change for good. Wow, this is wonderful. Well, I, <laughs> I, uh, I want to thank you for guys for coming on, playing some games, allowing uh, 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 more information about me that I may be comfortable with out into the world. And you know, we won't, we don't. Did edit. you want an edgy podcast? <laughs> yeah, but like it was, bro, Nick, it was you that mentioned nose candies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No one else. We well, just ended yeah, it though, yeah. which is. I, I want to be clear. It's because Mar- Marty said I was like the Teddy Her, and then he hey, said the you could take that any way you wanted. Yeah, you decided right, to go yeah, down the. I wanted, I wanted to be clear that it was more because of the drug abuse than the burning yeah. of the bridges, which I felt was was not correct. But Listen, you know. get on Twitter, write a nice little response uh, about this episode. It'll work out great. Uh, I don't know that that's a good idea. <laughs> I do this for I cover those tweets for a living, and they never really turn out well. Oh, usually I'll tell not. Sean what a pleasure it was watching his dog while he wrestled. At, Thank uh, you for letting oh. me babysit your dog. I had oh, such yeah. a nice time. Yeah, we were we you. did a promo in the back yeah. with Ray Phoenix, and then a balloon popped, and she got a little scared. So I said, "Pause the promos. I got to get her back to Papa." And then we like linked up. Like it was perfect timing. It was yeah. some of the most fun I've had backstage at a show. Well, I appreciate it because that's one of the things that would like give me some angst when I would bring her with was like, okay, when I got to do my thing, like, you know, you know, she's great up there with me or whatever, but. But in every wrestling show, there's always a helpful woman in the vicinity (laughs) and she will always watch your dog. Like that's just a guarantee of life. Yeah. And I honestly mainly only trust her with women. Whatever that means, it just she's got a good vibe. I feel like she needs a gentle soul to look after her, and she'd know if somebody was chaotic. Mm -hmm. But I love animals. I read them like a book. I think uh, Matt Cardona should come out with a figure of you two. How you have the the baby Bjorn with the yes, make a killing. I think so. I think there's Mm. money to be made there. Mm. A lot of toyetic value with the uh, baby Bjorn with the dog in it. Dude, you're onto something. Legit. We're idea people. If you can learn anything from us, we're idea. Get us in the the room. We're idea people. I'm an idea man. I'm an idea man. Yeah. Feed mayonnaise to tuna fish. (laughs) (laughs) Get them started early. (laughs) Uh, Thank you, guys. Yeah. And real quick, while you're here, where we'll go find the show? Where can they go support you? Uh, protect the dot biz is where we have our streaming episodes. Marty and Sarah love wrestling every Friday on the MLW radio network. Cool. All right. Thank you so much guys. This was uh, All right. a lot of fun. Thank you very much.
All right, that's it for this episode. I uh, appreciate everyone tuning in. And uh, also, like to thank my friend Brody King for stopping by, uh, Marty and Sarah, and uh, who else? That's it. That's everybody. And me, Nick Hausman. Yes, and Nick. And, and me, yes, and me, and all of you. Uh, thank you guys so much, uh, and and ladies for tuning in this week. Uh, it's been a really great run for us here on the show. If you like what we're doing at Pro Wrestling for Life, uh, the best thing you can do is go to our iTunes page, leave a comment, leave a five star rating. All that stuff helps us find new fans, grow the party, and and have more fun. So if you have it in you, you have the time, take a minute, go over to the iTunes page, and leave us a nice comment. And that's really all I have for this week, Sean. Cool. All right. Well, that's it for this week, everyone. Thank you. Bye.